Hello. Don't shout. Earshot. Hello. Welcome to a new series of the Earshot Creative Review, the radio production podcast. I'm Steve Martin, ambassador of radio, production envoy. Call me what you want, but I'm here to share. And this edition of Earshot is about the relationship between producer and voice artist. I actually did the voice of a pig, uh, Penny the Pig, and I was told to sound more like a pig, <laughs> which, which I'm not quite sure about that one, really. As we know, it's a critical partnership at the centre of any radio production. And because of that, it's worth exploring. So let's do it, and we'll do it at a Vox 2013, a conference for independent voice artists and producers who come from radio, television, gaming, education, loads of areas. And the conference is held in the English East Midlands, the Great East Midlands as we know it in radio. Now, this year's Vox happened a few weekends ago, so let's hear now a collection of conversations from there that shed some light on radio production from the voice artist's perspective. Let's start with the craft of voice direction. Sarah Hashem is creative producer at Maple Street Studios and she led a session at Vox 2013 on direction. Afterwards, we had a chat. Today, I've been having a kind of informal chat with people about voiceover direction, about how to kind of make the most out of their sessions. Um, great tips, for ho- well, hopefully useful tips for producers and voiceovers in terms of, yeah, making the most out of the sessions and, and just basically being brave and being daring to question people, do the best they can. So what were the, the main tips that you came here prepared to share? Well, I think I was kind of looking at the kind of natural voiceover thing. I know lots of voices struggle with sounding natural and um, the key for that is... I think a really good tip, actually, which we got from the crowd was to take your cans off, which is just so simple, but it, it means that you won't be projecting as much and it'll mean that you are just in that scenario. I always say, just imagine you're talking to your friend in the pub. So take your cans off and you sound like you're in a normal situation. Um, don't over-project. Don't worry if, you, if your words aren't completely articulated. That's, that can be really good as well. You want to attract people by not being a voice of but by being someone they can relate to. And your session was very much a conversation. Mm. What tips were you hearing coming back from voice artists to producers? It was really nice, actually, because things that I that I feel were being echoed by other producers. So producers who say that every session's different, every client's different. Or um, I had a really nice guy who'd said that he finds that building up a good rapport with the voiceovers is a really good way to start sessions and I'm really a believer in that getting the best out of people by starting off on a really friendly point whereby people are relaxed in the sessions and can can deliver as best they can and as producers we love voice artists who ask questions don't absolutely. we absolutely absolutely ask me questions because I've probably forgotten something and it means that I can ask questions as well I would really rather people cared too much where I, where I could say do you know what chill out just do it like this ask me questions and if, you, if you're not sure if I'm not being giving you enough information we both want the ad to sound great ask me questions what are the most useful questions that a voice artist can, can ask a producer from your perspective I think if we're looking at character reads the most really useful questions which can sound a bit flowery will be you know what's my character saying where is she at the moment what's happened to her in her life simple things you know what's she wearing where is she how does she feel and then for your more commercial led stuff you know am I who am I talking to who give me a physical person that I'm talking to what do they need what do they want I think that's really useful as well you know I love it when a voice artist has gone to the trouble of asking the question where is this going which radio station will this be heard on absolutely and that governs the music we use on the ads the the 
the age of, of the voiceover, sometimes the gender of the voiceover. It's really useful to think about how that advert is going to sit on the radio station. Yeah, Sarah Hashem there with some good advice. Uh, she's from Maple Street Studios. A little later, we'll hear from voice artists about the kind of things they appreciate from their studio producers and their examples of dreadful direction. The worst direction I've ever received is someone saying, a bit more purple, a bit more green-tinged, you know what I mean, Piers? Can we speed that up and make it sound slower? <laughs> and why this microphone manufacturer says don't put his baby in the corner. A lot of people think the corner is the best place. It certainly isn't for, for most voiceovers. The Sponsored by Hobson's. Right, want to make a voice artist's day? Here are some things you can do in the studio or down the line to get your session off to a great start and get the best possible performance. Somebody that knows me well enough to know that, you know, the variety of voices I do that trust me and straight away will say to me, I need you to be smiley, confident. Uses very sort of descriptive words, but not fluffy description, you know. Well, like all voiceovers, I'm a, I'm, I'm a bit of an egomaniac, so anyone saying that was lovely always works. Um, even if their next phrase is, that was lovely, do it again, because it was uh, too short and not good enough. Say as many nasty things as long as that was lovely is the first thing you say, and I'm a happy man. I think, and it's, it's my point of view, so God, it might be wrong, but from my perspective, to try, I try and put people in kind of everyday situations with the direction. So if I want a, a read to be much more caring and warm, I might say, imagine you just put on a nice warm woolly, jump, woolly cardigan, and it, and it does it. It sounds silly, but it works. I love producers to be happy and, and good at, at their job in terms of um, sending scripts over that have the pronunciations if I need them to and all of that sort of stuff. So kind of saving time in that way. I think if they use the right adjectives and describe the right pictures and just try and make it easy to internalise and then you can then process that and then put it out with your voice. Um, if you can't describe what you what the sound you want, then maybe you shouldn't be producing. <laughs> Dare I say it? I quite like to have a laugh, to be honest. If it's kind of upbeat and fun, and you know, and that's generally how everybody is. You know, I mean, a, a few times you've got the client in as well, so it's a little bit more um, serious and a bit more perhaps professional. But generally, I think people want to have fun and often with radio scripts and commercial scripts it is all about sounding like you're having fun so you know that needs to come across and we'll hear some stories of dreadful direction a little later on also ahead john myers and earshot regular chris stevens from real and smooth but first here's chris's colleague the self-introducing ian brannan i'm a uh, presenter uh, at real radio yorkshire uh, and I'm also a voiceover, but looking to increase my amount of voiceovering over the uh, coming months, years, and maybe decades, who knows? Um, that's where I'm at, really. But uh, before that, I was a producer. And as someone who's based in radio and has built their profile in radio, how easy are you finding it to break into other areas of voice work? I think on one hand, it's, um, it, it, it's a little bit easier than I imagine because obviously you've got a lot of contacts within stations, but at the same time, it's, there are parts of it, certainly with independent production companies and obviously the country is quite a big place. Um, there's a lot of people you don't know 
for every person you do know. I think there's a lot of people you don't know. And it is also a little bit like starting a new career, even though there's actually going from a presenter to a voiceover, in theory, shouldn't be that much different. It is, it is a much different world than, uh, than you maybe think from the outset. And are you tempted by areas like voice work for gaming? Because gaming is an expanding industry while radio is a consolidating one. Um, yeah, a lot of people are interested in the gaming thing and it's something I've never ever done and I wouldn't know the first thing about it and I think I'm sort of tackling it one step at a time. Radio is my um, field that I have the most knowledge in. I think it's a thing where there is still a, a good living to be earned in there. Obviously it's very competitive I'm not uh, ignoring that fact. Um, and So I think I really want to go down that route of what I know first um, but obviously beyond that there's like the corporate kind of thing and on hold and all this uh, situation you can get involved in as well all those fields I have no idea where to start and that's the stuff that's like a new career you know you have, where do you start um, so yeah that, that's going to be an interesting one <laughs> and you're getting some great work we're going to hear now something that's gone national uh, yes this is um, something that was voiced originally for Smooth Radio UK um, and then it was picked up uh, by some other stations and it ran on, on Talk Sports I think among, uh, among a few and why are you particularly proud of this piece? I think it's it's quite a, a polished um, bit of audio. I think you know. So um, thanks to the producer, it was Graham Hellis, I think, that made it at Real Radio in Wales. Um, but I think it, it sounds like a, a proper commercial, which I think you know. From I started off voicing promos, uh, uh, originally maybe doing more um, programming kind of stuff, and so I think this was the first major commercial I've always certainly the first my, my first national one so that's probably why I'm proud of that one if you live sport if you love sport you can now enjoy it at its best with an unmissable selection of great sporting DVD box sets unmissable sporting DVD titles available now at Amazon and all good retailers and what did you have to do consciously differently when you started voicing commercials from doing radio promos previously well I think it's that old thing of the, the acting um I think if you're doing if you're doing station promos, they're usually quite upbeat. They're usually quite um, a fairly straight read. You know, the same pitch the whole way through, same pace. And I think with uh, with commercials, that's where the variety comes in. Sometimes you have to be a little bit more relaxed. Sometimes you have to play slight slight characters. I'm not a character voice, but you know, sometimes you have to be a little bit more conversational. And I think sometimes that takes a little bit more concentration to actually speak to, to speak how I'm speaking now. If I was to read a script, that'd be actually quite difficult when you first start out. And I think that's the thing. It's, you don't want to sound like you're reading it. Now, listening into this conversation is the big boss of imaging and production at Real and Smooth. It's Chris Stevens. Hello there. Yes, yeah, good to be here. Ian's going to be fine in the voiceover world, isn't he? Yeah, absolutely. He's, um, he's perhaps like hiding his light under the bushel, as they say, because Ian's been voicing imaging for uh, well over ten years now, doing a lot that I've, uh, I've produced over the years. And also, Ian is one of our voices on Smooth Radio, uh, doing a lot of the um, client-led, uh, slightly more commercial side of S&P, uh, and appears um, across the UK doing that very regularly. So what should we as producers be saying to voice artists to encourage them to perform at their best in that new field, if it is indeed a new field for them? Well, it's still all about communicating and about getting the message across. Whereas a radio link might be 
promoting the station or uh, a live read or a competition, whatever it might be, um, a, a promo. It isn't that different in a way. It's still about communicating something, making sure the listener goes away knowing what we want them to know. Uh, the difference is uh, the language is a bit different, the presentation style is different. Um, it's not as conversational often as it would be on the radio. Uh, it's really interesting, though, hearing um, presenters go into the voiceover world and also at times hearing voiceovers from presenters because um, it is quite a different set of skills and I think the presenters that think more like producers will always have the head start on that Now why are you at, at Vox other than the fact that you're at absolutely every conference that there always <laughs> that ever has, uh, has been set up in the industry You know I've not been uh, at Vox for about 10 years actually so it's really nice coming back to it um, I'm mainly here to catch up with people that I know um, as well as doing the Real Smooth stuff I have a Always give your audience feedback. Yes, <laughs> the best feedback I ever got. That, um, as well as doing really smooth, I also uh, do some imaging and production on the side. So it's quite nice to uh, catch up with the voiceovers. You've got producers, um, and and those areas emerging more and more than they ever did before as well. So uh, it's good to hear the sessions, hear what's going on, and uh, be part of it. We can't let you go without hearing some of your work. After all, it wouldn't be the Earshot Creation Review without playing some great audio. And I know you launched some new imaging on Smooth Radio at the turn of the year. Yes, we did. We brought a new jingle package in at the uh, start of January, one that uh, we'd done in-house, um, well, written in-house, recorded the uh, the tracks over in Dallas, um, sticking with uh, Mitch and Gina as our uh, imaging voices, uh, also using uh, Ian here as um, uh, an S&P voice in the station as well. Um, so uh, here's, um, here's a bit of it. Here's a jingle and a bit of S&P as well. Chris and Ian, thank you both very much. Thank you. Cheers. Hi, this is Katie Melua. Come and join me for an intimate evening with Smooth Radio and Direct Line. Don't miss Katie Melua live in concert at the Penthouse Leicester Square, Monday, April the 2nd. Hear songs from my Secret Symphony album and a few old favourites too. Tickets are free and only available by registering at smoothradio.co.uk. Love live music with Direct Line. Dealing direct for over 25 years. Smooth Radio. 30 years ago, radio history was made as millions of people stopped what they were doing to hear Simon Bates' signature, Our Tune. And now, Our Tune has found a new home. Every weekday morning at 8.40, send your story into Our Tune at smoothradio.co.uk. Smooth Radio Breakfast with PG Tips. Rise and shine. With a wakey opie copper. Smooth Radio. Very nice work from Chris Stevens and his team at Smooth. Right, let's talk about mic technique now. Let's talk about mic technique. This is harder than it looks. Uh, but there was plenty of technical expertise on hand at this event. Steve Barrerton is a microphone manufacturer advising voice artists who work from home on the mics he sells and how to set them up. 
We're Sontronics. We produce um, a whole range of microphones suitable for any kind of application. Um, British made, uh, sorry, British designed. Um, some of our products are now made in the UK. Um, the others are made overseas, as are most of the manufacturers these days. What does a voice artist need to know about microphones before they can set up their own rig? It's, it's not just knowing about microphones, it's also the, the area that they're actually going to use within their, their home or wherever it happens to be so that they get the best out of their voice. We can recommend various microphones and um, different ways of actually um, helping making, make the best of their voice. So what are the common problems you find when you talk to voice artists who are trying to do this for the first time? The first thing, they're not sure what sort of microphone to buy to make the best from their voice. Um, they're unaware of things like pop shields, which stop um, the sound when you, um, when you actually talk. And also the area of their room. You know, a lot of people think a corner is the best place. It certainly isn't for, for most voiceovers. Where is the best place in the room to be? Well, the, the ideal way, of, I think, of doing things is to obviously have a microphone on stand, never have it on the table that you're actually going to work from. Um, and a simple trick of, of working out the difference of, of sound is put your head against the table and talk. Take it away and it's clearer. That's one of the reasons never to put a, um, a mic on a stand on a table. So a reflection filter from uh, one of our competitors is an ideal thing to actually have in a room if you're starting out for the first time because that will give you instant um, soundproofing, make your voice sound richer. And then it's a case of choosing a microphone that actually sounds best to you. And the only way to do that is to use your ears and try different ones. Don't just go off the page and buy one because you may be disappointed. What's the ideal split between investing in the mic itself and investing in the acoustics of the room? How should people plan their budgets? The most important thing is the microphone is going to be what actually picks up your voice. Any acoustic treatment that you do will be an enhancement, but if you start with a poor quality product, putting in the best studio around it is not going to make a difference. So spend some time, pick a microphone that suits your voice. And the, as I say, the only way that to, to do that is to listen to it. Make sure it's the right thing for you. And do you as a company, Sontronics, do you lend out microphones so people can try them in situ in their, in their rooms, in their studios, and then you know, return them to you if they're not happy? We have a lifetime guarantee on our products, so if you're not happy with any of the, the items once you've bought it, you can return it, change it for something that's better for you. We have dealers around the country now, or you can contact us directly, um, and depending where you are, we can sometimes come out to you with a range of microphones and, and help in that way. And just give me a ballpark figure for, you know, how much do you have to spend now to get a microphone that is going to be of an appropriate quality for commercial voice work? Two to three hundred pounds will give you a superb microphone which will last you a lifetime. Two to three hundred pounds, eh? You know, you could pay ten times that for a U87, but would it sound ten times better than a Sontronics? You know, when you're a small independent business, you've got to go easy on the capex. I won't tell you what I've got here, but the... Um, the receipt says um, Maplins on it. Oh, well. Uh, one man who knows more about doing business in radio than all of us put together is John Myers. He was speaking at Vox and stirring a debate over the price of voiceovers in radio. Uh, you're about to launch a radio station with no ads on it, and yet you come into a room full of people who make a living out of voicing ads. What kind of welcome were you expecting? I got a great welcome because, obviously, um, the future is about S&P 
promotions, and we need lots of voices for that. You know, and the future. I think for voiceover artists, it's not radio. The future is everything else. Is that we're in a digital world, multimedia world, lots of different platforms. And actually, if any voiceover artist in the UK has more than 20% of their earnings from radio, uh, they've got a business to fail. And uh, I actually think they need to have a whole raft of jobs on every different platform. A lot of today's discussion was specifically about equity and the rate card. What's your view of that? Uh, ditch the rate cards, an archaic system, and no one pays any attention to it anyway. The only way, the only reason commercial radio looks at rate card is because we know what the maximum cost is. And what impression from the delegates here did you get of equity support for their industry? I think they like the rate card because they don't have to keep negotiating every time someone rings up. So, of course, I understand that. I certainly wouldn't do a voiceover for equity rates unless I was... Uh, unless I wanted to but it's a starting point it should never be the end point and I think the problem is uh, people regard equity both from a, um, a producer's point of view and from a talent point of view as the maximum we're going to charge when it actually it should be the basis for discussion a lot of voice artists brilliant performers that they are are not great in business that may not be their, their area of excellence what should they do to fill in those gaps get to be good at business is that the only answer? That's the only answer. In, unless you can determine your own destiny, you shouldn't be in it. That's John Myers, of course. Shape up or ship out, he says. And, you know, we met plenty of artists who had some decent business savvy about them at uh, Vox 2013. And very few said radio accounted for more than, say, 20% of their income. You know, I just wonder whether they need us just as much as we like to think they do especially when they're on the receiving end of direction like this. Worst direction tends to come from foreign directors, American directors in particular, and the one that always gets me is, can you sound less British? Um, It's actually not sometimes what they say, it's when they try and impersonate you or voice it themselves. You feel like a spare part. Yeah, totally, (laughs) totally. Don't do that, producers. They hate it. I think probably the worst direction I've ever received uh, is someone saying uh, colours. We need we need it a bit more purple, a bit more green tinged. Do you know what I mean, Piers? To which the answer is no. I don't know what you mean, but I'll do it again. I'll do it shinier and brighter, and I'll hope that you'll like it. I think the worst piece of direction is the vague direction, uh, when obviously the producer knows in their mind how they want it to be, but somehow they can't convey it. The worst direction I ever received, I remember really clearly, the client said to the engineer, I was sitting right in front of him, obviously in the studio, but he just didn't didn't even look at me and he said, can she be black and white but hit all the colours of the spectrum on the way down? (laughs) (laughs) We both, the engineer and I looked at each other like, what the hell is he talking about? Yes, dare you to use that one. And there are more of those ahead. Now, one of the really effective bits of this Vox event is a kind of mass speed dating affair. There are half a dozen large tables round the hall, and each of them is hosted by an expert. Around them gather groups of about 15 delegates who spend 10 minutes with each table host in turn. And running one of the tables is Andrew Wright of Wright Communicators. Wright Communicators is a small to medium-sized production company. We specialise in radio and television uh, corporate production. So we're both audio and video. In the audio world, we produce not only commercials, but promotions and station sound packages. Uh, We're also a training provider uh, in the 
commercial industry and within schools, which is one of the proudest things that I personally do. But I've been working in radio since I was about 16, 17. Same story for most people in radio. And we have a real passion for crisp, quality, big production for radio stations that otherwise would have to settle for something that sounded a bit provincial or local. So we like to help small brands sound big. The nice thing about coming to Vox is that we get to spend some time with the voiceovers who essentially are really 50% of that final product. Take the producers out of it. You've got great script writing and you've got superb voiceovers. And there is such a, a level of craft skill in this room thousands of years of experience although some voiceovers wouldn't want that to be known uh, in this room and, and here we have you know if a, if a plane came down on this hotel today radio advertising in this country <laughs> would be damaged forever it's a great room to be in sitting with voiceovers around this table though gives us the chance to tell them how we can make them more employable how we can actually give them more work which is something that we want to do so it's a pleasure to see them all today and what have you been saying to the voice artists who've been gathered in their dozens around your table here about the radio commercials industry? Remember, most of these guys are self-employed one-man or one-woman bands, and there are some really easy tricks to make themselves seem more uh, available and to give producers like me and my colleagues more confidence in being able to use them. So my focus today has been about how we can give you more work, and then it's up to these guys to run their business. And what questions have they been asking you? Very simple, detailed, day-to-day, unsexy questions. Do you want voice files sent over raw rather than edited? Do you want us to de-breath? Do you want us to, to add this value and add that value? And my answer to them is, I want your voice clean and crisp, and I want you to spend the time you would have spent fiddling with editing for us, going and building your business. We're the producers. Let us do that. You give us the read give it to us as quickly as you can and then go off and find more work because the longer you're in the industry giving us uh, a great service the better value we get out of you i want to ask you one technology question there's a lot of discussion here at vox about the imminent possible death of isdn if you're wanting to start up now as a producer or a voice artist in in your home is it worth investing in isdn now Okay, I've got a very simple opinion on this. ISDN should have gone into the bin several years ago. We don't use it. I will not invest in ISDN. It's overexpensive. It's a monopoly for people like BT, for example, who will charge you a fortune to have a line. I don't mind saying that. We use uh, Skype. We ask voiceovers who we've cast well to self-direct. Um, we use other technologies. I am waiting for the new standard that use, uses IP-based um, audio. It should be there. That standard should be rolled out by now because it's not fair for voiceovers who don't get paid a great deal for what they do to have to spend as much as they do on ISDN. And I know you're keen on using technology in innovative ways for production. Tell me about this uh, piece of work you've been doing with Army Reservists. Ah, OK, well, I'm 41. When I was 16, I used to do a paper round, and I carried a Walkman around me, listened to... Your first job in media? My first job in media was delivering the news to 500 homes on the Wirral, um, and it taught me a lot, mainly never to do a paper round again. But I used to walk around with my uh, Walkman, and in my hand is a device which I can still barely believe exists, and we all take for granted, which is the iPhone. And the iPhone is... Well, it's a Star Trek fan's dream come true. It does 250,000 things at least. 
And we recently did a piece of work for the Royal Air Force Reserves, which required us to gather 40 interviews from real people who were also RAF reservists around the country. And you'll hear a lot of the results of that on air around the UK now. To travel and to meet all of them would have been a logistical nightmare that would have meant the, bud- the bill to the RAF would have been doubled, if not tripled. And we didn't want to waste their money. So we used the iPhone to record all the interviews. It's a broadcast quality recorder, and if you teach people how to use it properly, which takes five minutes, you can get some superb results from it. I'm Reese Cowlishaw. I'm doing a Master's in Journalism. I wanted to join the RAF Reserves because it requires teamwork, self-motivation, self-discipline. Now I'm Aircraftsman Cowlishaw in 2503 Squadron at RAF Waddington. I'm now an RAF Regiment Gunner and I will play a part in the force protection side of the Royal Air Force. It's an incredible amount of pride that you're wearing a uniform that people have fought for their country. Makes it the most honourable thing to possibly do. If you're between 18 and 50 and want to give yourself an exciting new challenge, the RAF Reserves from 2503 Squadron RAF Waddington are recruiting now. Search online for RAF Reserves to find out more. Yes, made from interviews captured on an iPhone. Thanks to Andrew Wright of Wright Communicators. I'm Steve Martin, and this is Earshot at Vox 2013. Earshot. Yes, it's the Earshot. It's where we say hello to each other if you've been in touch. So thanks for the emails, Facebook messages, all the tweets. Uh, And I did particularly want to thank you if you complained that the podcast took a break in January and hasn't come back until now. I'm sorry. Been doing other things. I descaled the kettle last Thursday. So hello to Lou Nash and Matthew Blaze, who've been in touch on Twitter. Alistair Boys says, uh, I'm missing my fix of the Earshot Creative Review. Uh, Ian Pennell seems similarly bereft. Uh, hello, Stuart Priest. Hello, Michelle Hunter. I met them both in Glasgow at the Creative Loop Festival, and we'll have something from there in the next show. Also, while I've been off, the uh, podcast uh, has been recognised in the European Podcast Awards. Thanks to you if you voted. Um, Earshot is now officially the 10th best podcast in the business category. It's not even a business podcast. What was it doing in there? Let alone coming 10th. I don't understand, but thank you. And uh, finally, a quick shout-out to Davis Mozaru creative audio producer at QFM in Nairobi. Do you want to hear his work? Of course you do. That's right. It's a language. Any idea which one? Kiswahili is the answer. Hujambo, Davis. Uh, but Davis also images Easy FM. Sounds like this. Soothing music. Fun talk. Marcus and Munene in the morning. 96.3 Easy FM. Only Easy FM plays your favourite R&B artists all day long. Yo, what's going on? This is Drake. Hey, what's good? This is J.A. Baby, you ain't gotta say a word Cause you know that you got me. You got me. Hey, yo, what's up? This is Amina and you're listening to Easy FM. Number one for R. R&B, no one does it better than them. 96.3 Easy FM. Uh, next time you're in Nairobi, you know where to get your R&B now. Thank you, Davis Mozaru, uh, for the audio and for getting in touch. And if you'd like to share your production on Earshot, just email steve at earshotcreative.com. Steve at earshotcreative.com. Wherever you are in the world, we're here. 
to share great radio production on Earshot. Still ahead, more examples of dreadful direction. But first, a whistle-stop tour of the nations. We'll be in Scotland and Wales next, but first from England. Producer Simon Walker and voice artist Della Phillips. Hello, how are you? Very good so far. What are you taking out of the conference? Um, Well, it's a really, really good opportunity to get some tips, uh, how other people work, and talk to some producers to find out what they're looking for, what they're not looking for. And um, just to really get together and think about ways of uh, improving ourselves and and, and sharing uh, information and opportunities that we might have to do together. And Simon, you're a producer. What are you hearing back from voiceovers that helps you? Uh, Why aren't you using me? (laughs) (laughs) It's the main thing, really. Book me. (laughs) Book me, exactly. I'm here, obviously, for different reasons for Della, so being a producer, to me, it's just kind of like a bit of an industry Christmas party, really. So it's, uh, you know, seeing some faces that that you've met or some faces that you haven't met. So uh, all good fun, really. And you've both worked together on a piece of audio we're going to hear now. Della, tell us about this Nokia ad. Well, it was something that um, Simon's worked on um, and he wanted a sort of a, a, a bit of a sultry, moody feel to it. Yeah. Um, and so we just worked through it together um, and he created an awful lot of um, effects on it, which makes it sound quite, quite good. There's a thing in my pocket, but it's not one thing, it's many, it's many. It's the same as other things, nothing else, but exactly like nothing else. There's a thing in my pocket. It has an eye and an ear. Other things that shares what billions hear and see. But it's not one thing. It's not a living thing. Grow. But if you feed it, it will grow. It can go out and get. It can speak a thousand words. See. But it has no voice. It can rally the masses. It can silence a crowd. It can find you the places so you can get lost. Nothing else. It can go out and get without going out, going out. And it can let others feel what you've just been touched by. It's what billions hear. There's a thing in my pocket, pocket, but it's not one thing. It's many, it's many. The new Nokia N95 is what computers have become. Next, to Scotland with Gay-Anne Potter. Um, I'd say I spend about 75% of my week actually being English, um, and I voice for ITN News. And for so B- how does that sound? This is the ITN News with Mark Austin and Julie Etchingham. You know, it's very sort of, um, it's quite street. Or if I'm doing... Um, the first intelligence tests for humans were developed in 1905. You know, corporate, very sort of smooth. Or then you might get your character voices, you know, where you're like doing something that's quite funny for talk sport or your wee wifey, whatever. Um, you know, but, so, so, but when people hire me as a Scot, uh, then it tends to be sort of a middle of the road. I Me, mean, my accent's naturally from the, the east side. Um, you'll find more character scripts tend to go for your Glaswegian voice, so you push it up a little bit there. But if it's a neutral Scot, it's kind of like that neutral British in inverted commas accent you know the Scottish voice it's just kind of middle of the road they can hear a hint of it but especially if it's going on English stations they don't want it to be so strong that that, you know the listeners kind of hmm you know but I do find with a Scottish voice people are willing to take risks uh, to make their brand or their products stand out a little bit from the rest of the English voices that they're hearing because a Scottish voice on an English station does tend to stand out a bit more you know so that's I'm definitely finding in the recession the Scott voice is coming out more and more 
And clearly you are also the voice of Real Radio Scotland. I am the voice. I've been the voice of Real Radio Scotland for about four years now. Um, and that's great because, you know, their their branding is sort of changing. Currently it's changing through the heart branding as well. Um, but because the Scottish radio station is, you know, it is it has its own Scottish identity very much so. And I think listeners wouldn't appreciate it all being anglicised. So for the SNP side of things and the Scottish imaging side of things, it's nice for the listeners to still have that kind of warm Scottish voice in amongst the Scots, Scottish DJs and the English DJs that are on the network now as well. Great talking to you. Thank, Thank you very much. Thanks very much. Thank you. And in Wales, we find Nonny Lewis. Well, I suppose the main thing that stands out when you do radio work is the immediacy of it. Generally, someone will call you and say, are you ready? And you say, when? And you say, they say, now. So um, I find that quite exciting. You get scripts through. Occasionally, you get a little bit of notice, and it's nice then because you can actually read the script and get a little bit of an idea about how you're going to read it. But um, it's quite exciting as well to just suddenly have to burst into a script out of nowhere. And where are you working from? Uh, I work from home, so I'm down in South Wales, um, in Caerleon, specifically near Newport. And who's calling you down there? <laughs> well, which producers? Um, well, I've only just got ISDN, so I'm sort of fresh onto that sort of market. I was working self-directed MP3s and Skype before, so uh, Real and Smooth, Global, um, Headland Media, um, Soundhouse in Northern Ireland, my sort of most regulars at the moment. And has the ISDN paid off? Has the investment paid off? Yes, it has. I did have it at a bad time so I'm now having an extension so I can't use it right now. <laughs> but I've only had it, I got it in January and yeah, it's paid, it's paid for itself already so I'm, I'm more than happy with my investment. <laughs> and what audio would you like us to play here? Oh right, yes. Uh, a, an ad I did for Global for a shop called Box Babby up in North Wales. I think it's just got a really sweet atmosphere behind it and um, it, it, you know, it does what it says on the tin and if you were if you were a young mum in that area I think it would, would draw you into the shop to go and have a look so uh, yeah and I really enjoyed doing it also that was a bit of a different one for accents because it's up in North Wales I'm actually South Welsh and they wanted a North Welsh accent but not guttural um, and a, lo- a lot of North Welsh accents are very guttural so I was having to soften it it was a little bit more of a challenge with the accent as well which was great so I enjoyed it so that's a really interesting point why do you think they didn't phone somebody in Wrexham because I'm better <laughs> you spend a lot of time in your baby's bedroom Nursing Changing And giggling For nursery furniture with stylish comfort Come to Box Barbie Della, Gayan, Nonny, great to meet them And thanks to all the producers and voice artists Who've been part of this podcast They're all listed and linked At earshotcreative.com Earshot Sponsored by Hobson's so what's the worst direction you've ever received, Emma? Mature. That was this week. I did not take to it lightly. I was not happy about that. I think, yeah, the big thing for me is when they, they say, yep, that's absolutely fine, that's, that's perfect, we've got exactly what we want. Can we just have one more? One more for luck? Yeah, one more for luck. Okay, Why? The worst voice direction I ever received was someone telling me how to pronounce a word that I know was incorrect. And he insisted I said it, and I had to insist that I was right and he was wrong. But at the end of the day, I did two versions for him, and I told him he had to choose. Can you be 20% less Welsh? (laughs) (laughs) I love the way they put a figure on it. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. We'd we'd be bandied around with percentages for the last half an hour, so, yeah. Excited but calm. That is the worst. 
can you do this excited but calm and I wasn't quite sure where we were going with it but yeah that was it excited but calm do me a blonde voice <laughs> the thing I don't like about with producers is when they start moaning about their day they start the session off on a little bit of a, a lull or a negative the worst bit of direction I've ever heard is that was an eight give me a six and a special thanks to Posey Brewer, who made sure the Earshot team of Jonathan Jacob and myself was well looked after at the conference. In the next show, Nick Goodman on setting up your own creative agency, Global Radio's Charlie Reese, who's just won another award, and if you're just starting out in radio production, your chance to image a station. I'll tell you how next time. I'm Steve Martin and there's more at earshotcreative.com. Ear-